0: Matthew chapter 6, you have your Bibles, I'm excited about the month of February, we're going to go for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about moving forward in prayer, everyone say prayer, everyone say prayer, Matthew chapter 6 verses 5 through 8, this is Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount and he is giving uh, probably the most famous message ever preached by Jesus, known as the Sermon on the Mount. It's where he really sets forth his vision for the kingdom of God and the kingdom coming to earth. And in the middle of this sermon, from verses chapter rather 5 to chapter 7, we have a little excerpt that I want to read about prayer. And Jesus said this, starting at verse 5 of Matthew 6. He said, And when you pray... You shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets. That they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. There's a danger to praying just so everybody knows that you're praying. There's a danger to living for God just so everyone knows that you live for God. That's not the kind of call that God placed on on Christians, on true Christians. Verse number six, and there it is again, this phrase, but when you pray, the second time he said it, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret, will reward you openly. Verse 7, and when you pray, can you say that with me? Let's say it together. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of, even before You ask of him. He knows what you're going to ask before you ask. He knows what you have need of even before, before you ask of him. Today, I want to preach this subject uh, on on this topic of prayer and simply those three words that I had you repeat after me, when you pray. I believe there's something powerful that happens when we pray. I believe that all heaven listens when we pray. I believe that we have authority with God when we pray. And we're going to talk about that this morning. Father, lead us today. We need your help, God, every single day, now more than ever before. I pray that you would call us to deeper places, to that secret place of prayer. God, open your word today. Let lives be changed, Father. Let let destinies be altered today, God. Decisions to be made that would change lives forever. In the glorious name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen. There is... In fact, power when we pray. Uh, none of us would dispute that. If you've been in church any amount of time, you know that God hears you when you pray. I, we could take time and go through this, uh, crowd today and, and find various testimonies of prayers that have been prayed and, and intercessions that have gone forth and pleas of God that have gone forth that you remember when God answers your prayer. Now, I know there's people that you've been praying for things for a long time. You've been praying for perhaps deliverance or someone to be saved in your family or something to change, and and you're praying and you're praying and you're praying, and you've yet to see that particular miracle unfold or that situation unfold, but I know that if we were to take time to go down the line in every pew, every row, every chair, there would be testimony after testimony of, when God answered a prayer in your life. Does anybody have that testimony today? I can take you down memory lane many of times where God answered my prayer. He didn't always answer it the way I wanted him to answer it. He didn't always answer it in the time that I wanted him to answer it. But faithful as he is, he always answers my prayer. And I know there are prayers that I'm praying even still today. That I haven't seen the, the, the answer come yet. I haven't seen it sorted out yet. I'm still waiting on on God to put the pieces together. Open up my eyes to see what he's doing. But I know he answers prayer. He said, how do you know? Because he's done it before. And if he did it before, that means he can do it again. Because the Bible says he is the God. He said, I am the Lord and I change not, so if he answered a prayer before, that means he can do it again. He's the God which was is and is to come he he doesn't change we believe and we trust and we know that God answers prayer. but what I want to encourage you today is that God not only answers prayers but God answers even the simple prayers. You see if we're not careful, we fall into The trap of the hypocrite, Jesus said. These were the Pharisees. I've seen some of these still today in the churches across America. There are people that think that God is going to listen to them because of the vocabulary that they're using. Or the tone that they're using. Or how they're walking in the church, you know. They got that glide across the pulpit or something. Somehow the way that they're dressed, that that somehow that's going to call down the answer and favor and blessing of God. Well, I got news for the church today. It's not about how you dress. It's not about how you say the words. It's not about how you get your vocabulary all put together. No, no. no. It's the faith behind the prayers that moves God. If you want God to answer your prayer, you don't got to dress it up in eloquent language. You don't have to get in the right posture and make sure you're in the right position. No, my friend, you just have to have enough faith to know and believe that God is going to answer your prayers. You see, we see this in the Bible. The Bible says in Luke 18, another uh, parable by our Lord and Savior. He says in 18 of the book of Luke, starting in verse 9, he talks about the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. In this day and age, the tax collector was uh, a person that was an undesirable, a person that would, would have been on the outskirts of, uh, 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 I guess, status quo or the good people. They were looked at as criminals. They they were looked at as people that always cheated uh, their way uh, to the top, so to speak. And so when Jesus uses the tax collector in the hearing Of the people, it would have been uh, something that was like not a good thing. As if, who does this guy think he is coming before God, asking that he could get something from God. Petitioning the Lord for an answer. And in Luke 8, chapter 18, verse 9. You have your Bibles. Let's go there together. I think they're going to put it on the screen here in a moment. The Bible says, also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves. That they were righteous and despised others. Now notice what he says right there. He's talking to people, as it says in the Bible, who trusted in themselves. Now last two weeks ago or so we, we talked about this. It's a dangerous thing to put your trust in your own ability. It's a dangerous thing to lean on, as it were, the arm of flesh. When you do that, you're in danger of falling into this trap of a Pharisee, this trap of, I don't need God, I'll figure this thing out on my own. And and if we're not careful, we can fall into that trap in our own lives where we make decisions without even seeking the counsel of God. Stop and think about how many decisions we make without even praying about it first. I know sometimes we use that as an excuse, you know, when we're trying to get out of something. Let me pray about it for a little bit, and then you never circle back around and come back and just kind of ignore it. But there's something to be said about taking decisions to prayer. There's something to be said about seeing what God has to say about it. There's something to be said about earnestly praying to God and saying, God, I need you in this situation. God, I feel inadequate. There's something that happens when we just tell God, Lord, I need you. We got to get to a place where we need God, and we express that. We say that. We used to sing that old song, Lord, I need thee. I need." We need to sing that song again in our own lives. It might be good to sing it in church too. That's okay. But we need to sing that song in our own lives saying, God, I need you. Because there's a tendency we just try to pick pick up the pieces on our own and put it on our our backs and just figure it out on our own when when God's sitting there like, I know what you need to do. I already know what you're going to ask before you ask me. All you got to do is ask me. But if you're not careful, you fall into the same trap as the Bible says. He spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves as they were righteous and despised others. The Bible says in verse 10, two men. Went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and one another, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. Now, what's interesting here is that he's not wrong about that. There were, there are, we are sinners, it's true that, that this man might not have been an adulterer, or a sinner, or a tax collector, or, or in, this, in this context, an unjust man or an adulterer. But having that self-righteous attitude placed him in the same category or even lower than all those other people. Oh, Well. I know that's not popular right in 2021, but it's absolutely true. We have to be careful that we always see and remind ourselves what God brought us out of. He said they're sinners, they're unjust, they're adulterers, and then Paul said in such were some of you. We all were lost in sin before Jesus came and rescued us. Oh, come on, someone. Where were you when God found you? Where were you when God saved you? Uh, I can tell you, I was lost. I was hopeless. I was wandering in some desert, some wilderness. But God stepped in, and God changed my life. God changed my spirit. God changed my mind. Uh, Oh, hallelujah. We can never forget what God did in our lives. Well, this is the reason why all the new people, you, you're you the best soul winners in the church. You're the best soul winners because you remember, it's so fresh in your mind. See, some of us old folks, I mean by old folks, we, those of us that have been in church a while, we, we sometimes forget, you know. We get our Pentecostal suit on and all, you know, walking into church about 10 minutes later or so, take our seat that no one else better sit in. We don't do that here, I'm just saying. This is... This is a tendency, you know. What is that? It's, it's we forget what God did in our lives. See, that Pharisee, he, he thought he was so much better because he had all the rules down. He knew how to worship at the right time. He knew all the words to the songs that they were singing. He knew everything he was supposed to do. So he forgot, him. and because of that, he forgot that he came from the same mess that that tax collector was in. There was a day when God saved him. There was a day when God turned his life around. And I pray God never lets me forget or you forget how good he has been to us, how good he's been to our families, how good he's been in our lives. God, never let me forget your grace and your mercy. I should have been dead. I should have been in hell. I should have been forgotten about. But God rescued me and God saved me. And I'm here to tell someone today that you've been addicted to drugs. You've been strung out. You've been all over the streets of Los Angeles. You've been all over the place. God is still saving people even still today. You're not in a perfect church. You're in a redeemed church. You're in a saved church. There are testimonies of people that have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony because God is still good and prayer still works. Works today. If you believe it, lift your hands and say, "God, I believe it's true. I'm a testimony of the power of God." Yeah. Praise God! Praise God! Well, I just feel to say that today. The devil's a liar. He might, he likes to make you think that you're the only one struggling, that you're the only one battling. That you're the only one fighting. That you're the only one that gets tempted or wants to give up or throw in the towel. That's a lie from hell. Everybody's tempted. Everybody battles. I remember my brother told me a long time ago, I heard him say it. I've always kept it in my spirit. You're battling hell. Some of you are fighting spirits. Some of you are fighting temptations. You're fighting addictions. You're fighting husbands. You're fighting wives. You're fighting kids. You're fighting friends. Don't quit fighting because you're still in it. If you're still fighting, then you're still in it. Don't give up. Keep on going. Keep doing what you know you got to do. Why? Because God still answers prayers. And it was the sinner. It was the sinner. He wasn't worthy. See, the thing about prayer is that for the Pharisee, the Pharisee, he felt worthy to say those things. He got entitled. I could preach a message on entitlement. Entitlement the dangers of getting entitled to things, the dangers of thinking that somehow we deserve the grace of God or we deserve the blessings of God. No, 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 no. God gives that to us because he's good, not because we're good. We love him because he first loved us. Uh, We have an opportunity to be saved because he went to Calvary. See, it's not about us. It's about him. There's too many people. We get caught up in the gospel thinking it's about us. It's not. It's about him. He saved us. He redeemed us. He brought us out. He called us out of darkness into his marvelous life, right? It's all about him. It's all for him, all in him, all about him. But if we're not careful, as the Pharisee, he felt he, he felt worthy to pray. The scripture talks about the tax collector. I never did finish the text, did I? I got to jump back there. Verse 12, I, he, he goes on, he says, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And then the Bible says, and the tax collector, standing afar off, he didn't even feel, he didn't feel good enough to even stand by that religious man. He knew he wasn't a good man. He knew he didn't have everything together. He knew he was flawed. He knew he had mistakes. He knew he wasn't perfect. The Bible says, "And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven." But the Bible says he beat his breast. He was pounding his chest. God, he said, "Be merciful to me, a sinner." Oh, recognizing he didn't, he didn't, undoubtedly, he heard everything that that Pharisee was saying. He didn't argue with it, didn't try to defend himself, didn't try to give a justification for his behavior. No, you know what he did? He said, God, I know I haven't been doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not asking that you'd ignore all of that, I'm just asking that you'd forgive me that you'd show me mercy. It's on my ledger, God, I did it. I'm guilty. I am a sinner. But even so, oh God, I'm asking that you'd show me mercy. And there's power, I'm telling you, church, I feel the Holy Ghost. There's power when you come to God and you say, God, I am a sinner and I need a Savior. God, I cannot make it without you huh? and that is the moment. That's the moment. That's the moment that God steps in, and God can change your heart, He can change your mind, He can change your spirit, He can turn your circumstance around. But if you let that pride, the pride of the Pharisee, oh, rise up in your heart and somehow justify your actions, because that's the human thing to do. You we're caught doing something wrong. We begin to judge. Whoa, whoa, whoa! The reason I did that was because. Oh, well, it's his fault, her fault, you know, COVID's fault. You know, that's the reason I did it. He didn't try to justify it. The Pharisee felt entitled, entitled to the blessings of God, not thankful for them. He felt like he deserved it. He said, "You and I are, you and I are only worthy because God made us." worthy. Hear me. The only reason you and I deserve or earned or worth anything is because God gave us that uh, worth. He's the one that gave us that purpose. In the book of Ephesians, Paul said he made us accepted into the beloved. He put us into the church. It's not something that we earn. No, no, it's something God gave us. It's not something that we were good enough. You don't get good enough. You've heard it before. You'll hear it again. You can't get good enough for God. You can't get your life together good enough. You can't get your suit nice and pressed good enough. You can't get good enough for God. God brings you in, and he makes you accepted. God's the one that puts us in the church. See, we think that it's our doing. It's not our doing. It's he that calls us out of darkness and puts us into his marvelous light. See, you thought you chose God. No, 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 friend. God chose you. You thought you made a decision to get baptized. No, no. God saying, I'm calling you to this thing. No man comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. And that's what that Spirit's doing this morning. He's drawing people. That's why when you begin to pray for that loved one, that neighbor, and there's people that you're here today. I, I've never seen you before. I know, and I know that God brought you here for a reason and a purpose. Uh, it's not an accident. No, no, no. God is drawing you. God is drawing you. You didn't just make a decision to come, but God drew you here this morning. He, he's brought you here. The next thing the Pharisee did is the Pharisee began to compare himself. You see that in the the text? He said, I'm not like these sinners, not like these adulterers, these tax collectors. I'm not like any any of these individuals. You see what he was doing? He was allowing worldliness into his life because this is the way the world does it. The world compares themselves to each other. But the Bible says we ought not to compare ourselves amongst ourselves. See, there's a danger in measuring your life against someone else's life. It's a danger. I've talked before about it's dangerous to measure your life. This is what's so dangerous about Instagram and Facebook and all this stuff, you know, because you get on there and it's like, man, you see how cool their life is. Like, man, they went to the snow yesterday. Man, I didn't do any of that yesterday. Man, they got to go swimming in that awesome pool. I don't, I don't have a pool like that, you know. And you start measuring your life against their life and what does it leave you? It oftentimes leaves you discouraged and looking at what you have and thinking, man, that's not, that's not cool, or, or I wish I had that. There's a danger in comparing. But, but notice the tax collector. The only thing he compared himself to was God. Notice what he said. He said, I am a sinner. Uh, compared to you, God, I'm not worthy to come into your presence. I'm not worthy to receive the blessings of God. I'm not worthy to receive your mercy. uh, But God, I'm asking for your mercy. The only thing we should be measuring ourselves to is God, is to his word, is to his way. God, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am, Am I in line with what you want for my life? That's why the Lord says, be ye holy as the youth leader is, no, no, as the pastor, no, 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 as the older, no, 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 as I am holy, be ye holy as I am holy. The only measurement you should be taking in your life versus anyone else's life is, is my life measuring up to God? Is it measuring up to his word? Is it measuring up to his will? Is it measuring up to his way? Because, friend, that's the only thing I want in this life. Be careful you start measuring up to other people because you don't know if they're living right. Well, I could spend some time there for a second. Got to measure our lives to God, saying, God, what do you want for me? Well, what do you want for my family? What do you want for my future? What do you want for my job, my career? What do you have for me? He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Notice what the scripture says. Something else I want to point out this morning. Is the posture, the position that the tax collector took. Bible says that he stood afar off. Pharisee is over here. He didn't even want to be in the same place, but he knew better. He had to get to the synagogue. He had to get to the place of prayer. Again, this is a parable being taught by Jesus, but he stood afar off. You know, I just have to think that it was very difficult for him just to get to prayer. You know, sometimes the hardest thing to do is get to prayer is to get to the house of God. There are so many excuses that we can make. There are so many reasons this man could have made why he shouldn't even bother. I'm a sinner. I'm a tax. I've made so many mistakes. I'm not worthy to even be there. See, and that's a tactic the devil loves to use. As if, Somehow you could be worthy enough. Let me tell someone this morning no matter what, when we stand before God, when we get to that place where we're crossing over from this life to the next, none of us will be worthy. I remember one time I was praying and I was praying and praying and said, God, you know, I just want to be worthy. And it was like God just dropped in my spirit. He said, Micah. You're never going to be worthy. You might think that was the devil. It wasn't the devil. It was God. Because the truth of the matter is every single person, when we die, when we pass from this life to the next, we're not going to die worthy of heaven. No, no. There's no way we could be worthy. The Bible says that our righteousness is as a filthy rag before God. There's no way that somehow you can earn your way into heaven. Like if you just do enough good or give enough money or, or do a serve long enough in the game. No, no, no. There's nothing you can do to serve your way, give your way, or work your way into heaven. It's only by the grace of God that we are saved it's only by god's mercy and god's grace so friend if that if it's impossible for you to be worthy enough to get there And do not let the devil tell you that you got to be worthy enough to get here, to get to an altar, to get to a place of prayer. It's a lie from hell. God wants you just the way that you are. You're good enough. He can do it. He can save you. He can turn your life around. It's not about how good you've been or how bad you've been or how much sin you've committed. It's about how good God is. Because compared to God, oh, I feel, the, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Compared to God, that sin isn't anything. Hear me, compared to God, there's nothing my God can't do. There's nothing, there's no life. I don't care you've been strung out on drugs for years and this is your first day sober. No, no, there is nothing too hard for God. My God can do anything. He can save anybody. There is no such thing as a lost cause. My God can do it. I said my God can do it. You show me a sinner with the hardest heart, I'll show you a God that formed every star in the sky. You can't tell me that God created the entire world and can't save your soul, can't save your son or your daughter. You can't tell me that God can't do it. God can do it. And I'll go even further than that. Not only can God save you, Oh, he can give you a destiny. He can give you a future. Not only, see, this is the thing about saving and delivering. God just doesn't get you out of the mess. He puts you back where you were intended to go. He doesn't just get you out of that. See, I see you guys over there. I got to duck down to see you over there, but I see you. He doesn't just take you out of it, He puts you where you were intended to go. He said, Hey, hey I got a destiny for you, I got a purpose for you, I got a plan for you, and it's time, it's time, it's time. Oh, I'm talking about it's time to grow. It's time to move forward. We're going to start believing God with our prayers. They might not be pretty prayers or cute prayers or all put together prayers, but they're going to be prayers of faith. They're going to be prayers that have power in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and lift your hands, lift your voice, uh, and begin to worship God right now. Because God is doing something this morning. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) Feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, if you know how to speak in tongues, go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost right now. If you know how to pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost right now. <laughs> we proclaim faith in this place. I rebuke that voice of the enemy that says you're never going to change. I rebuke every lie of hell even right now in the name of Jesus. Woo. Hallelujah. 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 That's it. That's it. One more time. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. There's something powerful that happens when we pray in the Holy Ghost. If you can do it, close your eyes. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. If you don't know how to do it, just close your eyes and begin to worship God. Just let us worship God right where you're at. Jesus, Jesus, there's something, uh, there's something moving in the place today, hallelujah, hallelujah, if some of you have come here today and you felt that it was just a struggle, man, you felt it in your spirit, you ever, you had to fight all of hell just to get to church today. I can feel it in my spirit. Some of you, you fought and you lost because you're at home right now on the YouTube. Gave up and online churches made it a convenient excuse. I'm here to tell you today, you need to do whatever you got to do, but you got to touch God today. doesn't matter if you're in the back, in the parking lot, in your car or Maybe you're even down here at the front. You did everything you had to do, but you got to church. Or you're even at home right now. You're watching online. You got to do what you got to do because God can hear you. God can hear your prayers, just like that tax cut. You might be afar off. You might be standing afar off because, you know, you, you feel that you're a sinner. You're, you're not where you need to be, and you feel that, that worthlessness, that that. that Guilt and the shame that the devil's put on your heart and your mind. Oh, the Bible says that he is the accuser of the brethren. You know what I like about that verse? The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. That means if you're a part of the brethren, then you are in the family. And when you're in the family, you're God's, you're, you belong to him. You're one of his children. The devil can do whatever he wants. He can accuse you all he wants. But friend, he's not the judge. There's only one that can judge your life. There's only one king, one ruler, one Lord, one faith. He's the only one that's in control. That that accuser, that old accuser is in your ear right now. You need to do whatever you got to do. You got to touch God this morning got to say, Lord, I know I'm not living the way I need to live. God, I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be. But, Lord, I'm here, and I'm asking for mercy. God, I'm here. I did everything I needed to do just to get here. And, God, this morning I need a touch. Just one touch. God, I just need you to hold my hand. I just need you to speak to me. I just need you to move on me. Don't let anything, don't let anything stop you from prayer. Don't let anything stop you from Jesus. Don't let anything stop you from getting to the house of God. It might be that you're standing afar off, and some it's for COVID reasons, others it's you just don't want to be seen because you're afraid of what what people are going to say if, you know, you come down to the altar. Oh, I know Brother Mike, it's been such a long time, and everybody's going to be asking, oh, wow, that's the first time he's been here. Don't let anything stop you from Jesus. Don't let that, that shame or those lies from hell stop you. God has a destiny for you. God has a calling for you. There are people in this church that God has given ministry But right now, you're currently lost in the world. Some of you have sons and daughters, moms and dads, that God has a ministry for them, a calling, a burden. But they're not here right now. I'm here to tell someone today, God is gonna, He is gonna be restoring ministries in 2021. God is gonna be restoring people to where they were supposed to be this entire time. You might have forgotten about them, but God didn't forget about them. Some of you might even forgot the calling, but God hasn't forgotten it. And it's gonna be one day, it's gonna be one day in a simple prayer that you thought you weren't even really trying that day. You know what I mean? You know what I mean when you're really trying in prayer, you know? It's going to be that one day where you're not in travail, you're not crying, but it's just a simple prayer. You say, God, I just want to be used by you. And all of a sudden, he's going to revive that calling that was, that was as a seed planted in you, as even as a child a long, long time ago in an altar. Oh, I wish I had time to talk about that this morning. There's something, something happens every time we come to an altar. I can bring you back to moments, and many of you can too, where I went to an altar and I prayed. And it was just a normal Wednesday, Sunday morning. It was just a normal week. But God put something into me on a normal Sunday on a seemingly normal service, and with a seemingly simple prayer. It wasn't a great prayer. It wasn't an awesome prayer. It was just a prayer. It was just a desire. It said, God, I just want you to use me. God, I just want to be a part of what you're a part of. I just want to go where you're going. And some of you don't even realize you prayed those prayers years ago. God's going to revive those things and begin to water those prayers, those seeds. And they're going to begin to grow and, and, and send out roots into your life. I'm telling you, I feel it in the spirit. It ain't even a part of my notes, but I know God's going to do it. I can sense him speaking to me right now. There are ministries that you don't even realize are there. Ha <laughs> ha. God's got preachers and missionaries and apostles, prophets. He's got it right here in this church. We don't have to look outside and try to find someone to come in. No, no, no. God's got it right here, right now. He's just waiting on somebody to pray a prayer that says, God, I know I'm not perfect. I know I don't got it all together. But if you can use anything, uh, God, I'm here. Uh, and you can use me. As the, music come, I wa- as the music comes, I want you to remember this. God can hear every single prayer that you pray. Last week I have mentioned it. He's, he's not, he has ears and he can hear. That's what the psalmist said. He can hear every prayer and it doesn't have to be elaborate. He can hear the simple prayers. The Bible says, when you pray, he puts no qualifier on that. He simply said, when you pray. Not when you pray in the morning. I know that might shake up some of your theology. Some of you are happy about that. Oh, my. <laughs> when you pray in the evening, when you pray in the afternoon, oh, that's when God's really going to hear your prayer. When you pray when you get to church, when you pray on the Wednesday night Bible study in Zoom. Right? Well, then God's really going to hear you. When you pray, when you lift your voice higher than everybody else. is that what he said. He said, when you pray. I just believe that when you pray, God hears you. You might be driving to work, stuck in traffic, irritated about all the traffic. You're parked there, and your eyes might be open, but you just say a prayer. God hears you. It might seem like you're so busy with life, you might not even remember the prayer, but God does. God heard you. I'm here to tell someone a day when you pray. Know that God can hear you. Know that you have God's attention. Know that he is wanting to meet you and answer your prayer. He's wanting to feed and strengthen and revive and change and alter. No qualifier. He just said, when you pray, when you pray, when you pray, when you pray. pray." And I'm here to tell you today, there's power in your prayers. Doesn't matter how simple. Doesn't matter what kind of language you use. Doesn't matter if you don't have all the right King James language, you know. I'm telling you to pray. Touch God. Trust God. Oh, and when you do, God's going to meet you where you are. Let's all stand this morning. Father we love you today God I pray right now over every single person in this lot every single person from the eldest of saints that's been in this church for many many years to the first time guest and visitor today I pray God that you would give us a burden a burden for prayer burden, oh God, to feel your power in a new way. God, that you'd strengthen our faith and give us the courage, the courage to make the changes that we need to make in our lives. God, we reach out to you today in faith, believing, knowing that when we pray, you can hear us. That when we pray, you care. Pray, oh God, you're going to answer right now would you close your eyes lift your hands and I just want you to pray one more time pray in the Holy Ghost one more time we're going to have an altar call here in a moment but I just want you to pray in the Holy Ghost if you know how to do it I want you to pray the Bible says when you do that you're speaking. You're the Holy Ghost is interceding on your behalf. Go ahead and pray right now on the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you're in this place today you're with us we believe that when we pray things happen you have a need in your life we want to believe with you we want to pray with you we believe that when we take a step of faith and come to the altar that is a sign to God that says God I trust you I believe you I know you can make a way so maybe you're here, and I, I've called you out a number of times. Maybe you've been struggling with some sort of addiction or pain or family issue or something going on. Maybe you got a family member that is in that world, is in the world, and you've been praying. You've been believing. I'm here to tell you, keep on praying. Keep on believing. My God's faithful. My God can hear your prayers. The devil wants to make us think that those prayers aren't doing anything. I'm here to tell you, every prayer you pray for your lost son, your lost daughter, it's doing something. God can hear you. Every prayer that you're praying for your mom and your dad, husband, wife, family member, friend, God is hearing you. God hasn't forgotten about you. Uh, Stand in faith. Uh, Believe God. Trust God. Trust God. He's going to do it. I just believe one of these days. One of these Sundays, some of you moms, some of you dads, you're going to be blown away because your kid's going to drive in that parking lot. We might be in the building at the time. They're going to walk through the back door. You didn't even know they were coming. But that prayer that you've been praying all these years, (laughs) it's going to begin to grow. That seed is going to begin to come through the root. Uh, I'm here to tell someone don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. If you need prayer this morning, That's you. You're there. I want you to come. Go ahead and get your mask on we're going to be socially distant all that come down here we got a prayer team we're going to believe with you today would you come why don't you bring your family with you why don't you bring your husband your wife with you come on and come would you come this morning let's believe God let's believe God that he's going to do a work there's revival here right now in every family I can feel it I can sense it God's going to do a great work a great miracle in the
1: Lord, take my feet and touch my heart. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Yes, and if you can use anything, Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. I said, You can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you